0: Sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterall. This is episode 211, and this podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about the latest in the sports world before giving you some plays on the betting front. Now, part two of today's episode, we're going to have Ernest Silva on from the End of the Lab podcast. We're going to talk about Monday Night Football, the injury to Aaron Rodgers, and one of the craziest games you would have ever seen on Monday Night Football this past week, as well as previewing that Thursday night game. But before we dive into all of that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Before we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to Bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sports book and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today, to make an account use code shooters at sign up and please gamble responsibly you must be 19 plus years of age to do so and if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you contact connex ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge now let's get back to the show so let's talk about those tuesday bets and i think that this video best sums it up show me the money So, Italy team total over one and a half. They win two to one at home. Couple of first half goals for the early cash. And then shout out to the Swedes because we looked dead in the water. Full disclosure. In fact, at the fifty-minute mark, we're looking at nil-nil, thinking neither team's going to score, and we're going to have to come on here and be a little bit embarrassed by those plays. Austria scores three in sixteen minutes. And then Sweden in the 91st, shout out to Holm for making this respectable 3-1 finish, both teams to score caches on the footy front. Now, as I said, we're going to get into more NFL in a little bit. The focus today, at least for part one, is going to be on the PGA Tour because we got the Fortinet Championship coming up this week. Bit of a lesser field, if we're being honest. The FedEx Cup playoffs are over. We're just a couple weeks away from the Ryder Cup beginning as well. But this is a better field than originally expected. And big reason why is because when you look at the back-to-back champion, Max Homa, actually showing up to this event, he's plus 675 to win the event. So very juiced. They like him to win three straight. Got Sahit Tagali. You got Justin Thomas. Cameron Davis, to name a few, are all up in the top five betting odds for this week. Now, course-wise, they're going to be playing it at Silverado Country Club, the north course in Napa, California. This is like a home event for Homa. That's why he's played so well here, given that he grew up just down the road in Burbank, California. So Homa pulled it out over Maverick McNeely in 2021, and then Danny Willett in 2022. I will be putting half unit on Max Homa. I normally hate winner odds that are juiced, but at plus 675 for back-to-back in a lesser field, right before the Ryder Cup, I think his game is going to be very in tune. As he gets ready for one of the biggest events in the golf world. Now, as far as a couple of other finishers, we do have a couple bets for you here this week. Top 20 bets to be specific. I think Justin Thomas at plus 100 is going to be one that I play for sure. Full disclosure, I don't think Justin Thomas should have been on the Ryder Cup team. I think it's an old boys club. As much as we've heard in the past that while the USA, they don't have the chemistry in order to win. So that's why they pick a guy like Justin Thomas because he's a guy that gets along with everyone and he's performed well in these events. There were quite simply better guys heading into this event. Keegan Bradley has played well at Ryder Cups in the past. So I would have taken Keegan over Justin Thomas, but nonetheless, I think that this is a big week for him because he wants to prove that he was the right decision. If he finishes in the top 10, then all of those doubts are probably going to go away heading into this Ryder Cup. But at plus 100 for top 20, I like the added motivation here for JT to get back on track. I'm also going to play Eric Cole plus 160 for a top 20 because he's been a cash cow this past season. I've seen a lot of people fading Eric Cole this week. And it's because well, you look at him last year, he missed the cut. Wasn't even relatively close to making the cut. But if you look at the second half of the PGA Tour season this past year, he was incredible. I think that he's going to show up in a big way and he's going to finish very strong at this event. Now, when it comes to other sports right now, we are still in that little bit of a lull. Uh, College football isn't until Saturday. We've still got more NFL coming up for week two this coming weekend. EPL is going to be back as well, but at least for our Wednesday show, we're just going to have the one betting line. No international footy. That break is over as well. But we're going to look ahead to that Thursday night line that we like in the Eagles-Vikings matchup. And that's going to be in our last call pick segment. And before we do, let's play the video. Mountain Distillery is family owned and operated, located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high quality handcrafted spirits, their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products like their dill pickle vodka, regular local vodka, and their old fashioned, my personal favorite, the one that I love on the weekends when I'm relaxing on the couch. So check out Last Mountain Distillery. Really appreciate local support for the show. So, our Thursday night football play, we're going to go with a player prop here, and it's going to be A.J. Brown over 75 and a half receiving yards. AJ got out to a very hot start last year going over in three of his first four games. And when, what was the one where he didn't, it was actually against the Minnesota Vikings who happened to have one of the worst defenses in the NFL, but context is everything. This was a game that was never in doubt last year. I think the Vikings after getting relatively embarrassed, losing to Tampa Bay, I would call that an embarrassing loss. I think that they're going to step up and they're going to perform this week. That offense is going to get going. They're going to need AJ to have a good day. It's still not a good secondary that that Vikings team has. He went over this number last week in New England. I expect him to have a big day. If you like him to score, I'd take that. If you like his over five and a half receptions, I like that line as well. My personal favorite is taking his yards this week. So AJ Brown over 75 and a half receiving yards for a full unit is our player prop for Thursday night football. As far as general betting lines go, I don't love where it's at, so I'm going to stay away unless that line comes down a little bit. But as I said, part two with Ernest Silva, Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, and a whole lot more. Check it out. Welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast, and we are here to talk about some Monday Night Football, some Thursday Night action, and then also heading into Sunday. But I'm joined by a special guest. He's been on the show a couple of times. I'm his co-host over on Into the Lab podcast So you definitely want to check that out on Tuesday nights. We even gave out some of our picks for the week. So a little bit of a spoiler if you tuned in to ITL this week, but I'm joined by Ernest Silva. Ernest, how are we doing?
1: Hey, man, doing good, doing good. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Of course. So let's chat about it. Let's get right into it. Monday Night Football. Probably one of the craziest Monday Nighters that we've had in a very long time. Uh, it all started with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron comes trotting out with the flag. 75 seconds into the game, his season is over. And now he's posting on Instagram about how he wants to come back. And, and he's going to have this big storybook uh, comeback. So let's chat about the game itself. So the Jets win the game uh, on Monday night, 22-16. to 16 In overtime, they return a punt in OT for the win. How big is that win for the Jets as a whole?
1: Oh, it's huge. It's huge because they won't get many like it, right? It was a lot of emotions for nine eleven. They were feeling really good, and you know, you lose, you lose your stud, but at least you got the turnover happy, uh, <laughs> Josh Allen on the other side. So uh, they actually got they caught a lot of breaks, and um, they're gonna they're gonna have a really rough week too. Um, but we'll talk about a lot about that later on the show. Um, but but yeah, so. Just crazy. Won me a fantasy league, um, that punt return for a touchdown in overtime. Um, So I was really ecstatic about that. Um, Actually, our ITL movie league, so even more so. Um, But, uh, yeah, um, the defense looked solid, right? Top five looked fantastic. Brees Hall looked amazing coming off of his injury. And Garrett Wilson looked deadly. So really, it's just a matter of Zach Wilson can actually do what he does um, or if it's going to be, you know, another terrible year for the Jets.
0: Yeah, I mean, we know that the Jets last year, they were a 7-10 and team. They got out to a pretty hot start, and then they just really melted down the stretch. A big reason why was Zach Wilson at the quarterback position? And I think people are, are probably trying to be optimistic if you're in Jets mm-hmm. Nation, because they're hoping that that little bit of time that he had with Aaron in the film room and out on the field has maybe given him a bit of wisdom moving forward on the decision-making now from what I saw the rest of Monday night, I don't have a lot of faith in him moving forward. I don't think that Robert Sala does either, but I think their keys to victory moving forward is obviously you can lean on that top five defense and they proved it three picks on Josh Allen. They got to him as well uh, in the backfield. So that was huge. Get the run game going, make some passes. They almost need to do what San Francisco did with birdie, which is just get it to Mm -hmm. some of your playmakers. Now, obviously, Zach Wilson doesn't have Debo, Kittle, IUC, CMC, but he's got some pieces there. Garrett Wilson, uh, Alan Lazard, he's going to have to find him in the open field as well. But yeah, the Jets, that's a big win for them. If they are going to have a hope of getting the sixth or seventh spot in the AFC, because I think that's where everyone's leaning of what the ceiling is for the Jets moving forward, then they're going to need that victory. Now on the flip side, you've got Buffalo. (laughs) who, <laughs> I mean, three interceptions, as I said, for Josh Allen, and this was a problem for him last year. And I think what happens with Buffalo is they feel like they're Kansas City light in a way where, well, at any point we can turn it on and we can go down the field and win football games, and we can hang 21 on a team in a quarter. But Allen was just reckless with the ball. All three of those picks were really bad, forcing plays that didn't need to be forced. Are you worried about Josh Allen? Cause I'm a little bit worried about him and I picked Buffalo to have a good year. I thought that they'd get to the AFC championship this year, but that's concerning that they haven't fixed probably the biggest issue with them last year, which was take care of the football.
1: I'm a little worried for two reasons. Number one, being really serious. Number two, being not so serious. Number one, they are my Super Bowl representation for the AFC myself. So I have them having a huge year, right? Like I have, I have, I have it. Bills Cowboys, right? Like who doesn't? So, um, <laughs> just kidding. But uh, <laughs> just had a slip that in there. But um, but yeah, Josh Allen hasn't addressed the turnover problem, and he worked on it in the off season. Like he literally worked on ball handling and and um, checkdown passes. So what happened, right? Like why did we move away from that? Was it panic mode? Is the defense really that good? So I guess guess we'll see that this week and see what Dak does, right? Because Dak also worked on not turning the ball over. So we'll have to see if that, you know, helps this week against them. The reason number two for me I'm worried about the Bills is the Madden curse. Here we go. (laughs) I mean, it's just a real thing. Like, Allen is on the cover of Madden, and he starts off looking really shaky. Like... If Rodgers was so happen to be on the Madden cover, we'd be talking a whole different story about the Jets. Like we'd be like, "Yep, that was the whole reason you fucked that up," you know. So, um, but yeah, so I I would have to say, you know, you don't you don't mess with destiny like that. He should have turned it down.
0: Yeah, I just this is a very tough one for me because I I don't want to be worried about Buffalo because they win a lot of football games. Right. I still think that they're going to win twelve games this year. You had them um, winning the East. I had them winning the East, and so Miami week one. And then right away, I'm like, Wow! Now, that being said, I also, if you tune into ITL, I picked New England to knock off Miami. So (laughs) if you're Buffalo, you go and win at at home against Vegas, your nine and a half point favorites. For the love of God, I hope that you win that game. Otherwise, I'm definitely regretting that division pick. But Buffalo's defense was fine, uh, again. You don't really get a great representation of it when you get 58 minutes against Zach Wilson. Now you're going to get Jimmy G, but a Jimmy G that it sounds like weapons are in trouble. Devontae Adams isn't practicing. They might be Mm -hmm. without Toby Myers because he took that big shot on the weekend. So I don't know what to think about Buffalo quite yet. And that was why the second topic was like, am I worried about either team? And I think, I think saying that you're worried about the jets is (laughs) fairly obvious. Now, We touched on the Zach Wilson point about how bad he looked. Is it bad enough where they should be looking elsewhere? Or is this a, we have to ride it out with this guy this year? And then, because we don't want to give up assets. Like, keeping in mind that whatever move they make, this is a one-year move. Because you know that if you get Aaron back because he's saying that he's coming back, you get him fully healthy next year then you don't have a need for said backup because you'll just hang on to Zach Wilson. So if you're the jets, are you giving up assets to go and trade for a backup? Are you rolling with Zach Wilson and just hoping? So you're, you're Zach Wilson.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you haven't had a year where Aaron Rodgers is is in his year is in, in his year, you know, like he can talk to him. He can walk up through. So as long as that happens, right. Like as long as Aaron Rodgers stays on the sideline and doesn't just disappear. Um, Look at Jordan Love. right? The man is prepped. He's ready. He looked great. If Zach Wilson can be half of that this year, the Jets have a shot at making the playoffs. That's that's my thought on it. That's how good that defense is.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're going to be such a... I think what people talked about a lot was that secondary. Because Sauce Gardner coming off the rookie year, some people saying that he's the best corner in football now. I wasn't quite ready to go there, but top three, sure, let's have that discussion. But That defensive line is good. That linebacker core is good. I think they're very well coached. And keeping in mind that Sal is kind of a defensive mind anyways. So he's there's going to be a lot of ugly Jets games. And we are a betting show. I think you're going to see a lot of over-unders in the 30s or low 40s for the Jets this year. And part of that is going to be because of Zach Wilson. And you feel like there's limitations in that offense. I feel bad for anyone that has Garrett Wilson as you know, a second round fantasy pick because his value probably just went down by four or 500 yards and a couple touchdowns. So that's not what you love to see, but this is going to be, this is going to be an interesting interesting thing to watch throughout the year and it's not going to get any easier for them. That's why that win is so big because you get Dallas week one or sorry, you get Dallas week two after you beat Buffalo week one, And you're going to have to play the Patriots, a divisional game, but you're going to get to be at home. So if you somehow figure out a way to be two and one coming out of that first three games with Aaron going down, the playoffs are definitely within reach. But what hurts them when it comes to the playoffs is look even just through week one, some of the teams that picked up wins, the teams that they're going to be duking it out with. Now, they're lucky to get the Chargers lost, but even if the Chargers win, then Miami lost. So that one kind of trades off. But Cleveland picks up a big win over Cincinnati in one of the upsets of week one. Um, You start going down the list of other teams in the AFC. uh, Vegas. Yeah, like the Chiefs start out 0-1. Like it's kind of a perfect week one for the Jets if they're going to have a shot here. So I'm intrigued. And with Buffalo – I don't want to say that I'm worried yet because too
1: early. i think, too early for the panic button.
0: I think that division losses happen. It's why I mm-hmm. picked as great as Miami looked for New England to beat them this week because right. it's tough to go 0 6 in a division, even as bad of a football team as you might have. And I'm not saying that New England's on like a, you know, Arizona Cardinals type trajectory, but they're going to figure out a way to beat somebody. And people will now pick them to beat the Jets. But I think that it could be Miami as the team that can get got in a situation like that. So let's move on then. Let's talk Thursday night because, well, this is coming out on Thursday. So today we got Philly minus six and a half. They're taking on Minnesota. Eagles looked very shaky week one. They figure out a way to win the game. Um, A lot of people picked Philly to win the NFC. Uh, They obviously went to the Super Bowl last year. If you don't have them winning the NFC, chances are you have them as a top three team in the NFC this year. And then you've got what was probably the darling of last year, the Minnesota Vikings, at least in the regular season, coming off a very bad week one where you lose to Tampa Bay. (laughs) I, Quite frankly, I I picked Tampa Bay week one because I just felt like that offense for some reason was going to struggle. And it did. Kirk looked very bad throughout that game. Life without Dalvin's different. Life without Thielen's different. And it might take a little bit of time to figure it out. So for you, Philly is at home for this game. Where Do you think that this is just a Philly rolls type situation? Or what are your thoughts on Minnesota?
1: I think this is going to be a slap. I think maybe Minnesota strikes first. I think they end up with the ball first strike first um, might be a good Bet maybe a Jefferson first touchdown for the game for people who like that kind of bet. Um, I do think Philly steamrolls though. I think this is like a twenty-one twenty-four-seven game at halftime, and I think it kind of just rolls from there and they pace it out. Philly did not look good against New England the whole game. Uh, Jalen Hurts struggled to get out of the pocket. Um, he he didn't read coverages. His his down his checkdown options weren't hit. Um, he took sacks. I'm expecting that to kind of get cleaned up and make a statement at home um i mean the cowboy in me is hoping it doesn't clean up and he just struggles all year but you know that's that's not realistic so um minnesota is not good at defense so you're gonna look at a very different uh philly team um who played against a really good patriots defense and and so um you get to see the kind of night and day kind of aspect of what philly does um minnesota can score but they have new weapons, like you said, right? Madison's taking that lead role. Addison is getting acclimated to the NFL level. Um, and then, you know, just keep keeping that pace going. Um, I think Hawkins, Hawkinson is getting reestablished this week. So it's going to be a lot of like rekindling for the Vikings. And again, they'll score some points, 14 to 21 points. I think I'm calling it like 38-21, something like that for the, the Eagles. This is going to be one of those Thursday night football games to forget.
0: Yeah, I'm looking because they obviously played last year, same time of year, 24-7 to Eagles win. And it was kind of – I wouldn't say that it was the opposite because Philly still won and then ended up winning the game. But Minnesota, they were awesome week one heading into mm-hmm. the matchup last year. And people were like, is Minnesota for real? And then that was their one letdown spot for the year. Mm-hmm. So I do think that Minnesota is going to be better prepared for this game That being said, I don't know how you slow down this Philly offense with how bad that secondary is. And I don't think that Jalen Hurts is going to throw for 350 or anything crazy. But do I think that he's thrown for 240 to 260? He's going to put up a couple scores, one to AJ, one to Devontae Smith. Like, that's such a great one-two punch that they have in the receiving core now. It's probably a top five duo in the league. And then you've got that run game, which if you're DeAndre Swift owner, you are praying to God that he sees the field a bit more. Hopefully hopefully he gets into the end zone, honestly, because I think that's the yep. way to save his value is to score a touchdown here. Because Kenneth Gainwell, he was probably one of the biggest pickups in waiver wire of the week, because I don't think many people had Kenneth Gainwell. Stock had a conference one. Him.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you actually had him?
1: I did. Yeah. He was one of my last picks in, in a couple of leagues. And somebody told me you don't deserve him because they were gonna try to pick him up as the last pick. And I was like, Yes, I do. He's the starter. And I was really kind of being facetious and then he ended up leading in carries. <laughs> so jokes on myself. But um but yeah, yeah, he's now an IR spot for most people. Um he is out tomorrow. So that's um
0: that's his spot to figure it out. It really yeah. is. That a yeah. swift is gonna have a a real role in this offense moving forward. Then he has to figure out a way to get involved tomorrow. The line for over unders at 49 and a half. I do like that over quite a bit because I do think that Philly's going to figure out a way to put up 30 plus. I think it's going to be like 31, 24 if I'm thinking where it's at now with, with Gainwell being out again, that means that they barely cover, which is why I probably wouldn't take them to cover in a, in a spread, if I'm being honest, I would probably look for like an Eagles minus three and a half or minus four and a half, and then just same game it with like over forty six and a half, and then I'd feel really good about that. But I do think that Philly's going to win. Minnesota, if they dropped to one two. Then a lot of people who were very low on them coming into the year are going to celebrate, and they rightfully should because the three weeks after that. Chargers, Panthers, Chiefs. We could yeah. be looking at Minnesota being <laughs> one in four. four, maybe 0 and 5, and they're going to be in panic mode right out of the gate. So, really interested in that one. But with week one being over, we know that there was a ton of overreactions over the past week or so. Everything from the 49ers are winning the Super Bowl just because they beat up on Pittsburgh to, oh, the Packers, they just found their generational quarterback in Jordan Love because he beat up on the <laughs> Chicago Bears. To The Chiefs are washed because they lost on the Thursday night opener to Detroit by one point, despite the fact that they couldn't have played a worse football game overall as a team and are now getting Chris Jones back. So there's a lot of things heading into week two. And there's a lot of fun matchups as well. You get that Green Bay-Atlanta matchup that we talked about on that ITL.
1: So fun. So fun.
0: You get Ravens, Bengals. You get a great divisional matchup there. You get Chiefs, Jags, a playoff rematch from a year ago. So I guess the question is, who's in prove-it mode this week? And when I'm asking this question, I'm thinking, who can't afford to drop to 0-2? And, And I mean, I think we've already mentioned Minnesota. Yeah, it's definitely Minnesota. But they're going right away here. So who's a team for you that you look at they have a game on the on the schedule this week where it's like they have to win that game.
1: Well, until that last criteria, I was gonna say it was Dak and the Cowboys. Right? They had to <laughs> they had to really show out because although they won forty to nothing, I really need Dak to play well against a good defense to shut everybody up and just let the season play out. Right? Like that's that's <laughs> that's a given. So that's my wild card. But I th- I'm gonna answer this and it's and I'm gonna answer three teams in one sentence, okay. and it's just gonna say it's the AFC West. Yeah. None of those can afford to go 0-2. The AFC is stacked. If you lose to Jacksonville, Kansas City is looking at up at probably all three teams. And yeah. if you're Los Angeles or you're Denver, I mean, all the coaching coordinator changes, this is prove-it week. Like, you need to win this week. And we know how, Matt, that's, that, that percentage goes down when you start 0-2 in this league. It, it, it cuts bad. It's bad. So, I, I think it's just every team in the AFC West needs a win and that, for me, the the biggest one, though, is Kansas City. You need to go to Jacksonville and and win and prove that you don't need... If Kelsey doesn't play, you don't need the Kelsey, and prove that Mahomes can carry a team with a defense that has its captain back and win in Jacksonville. Um, That's the prove a game for me.
0: I'm actually going to disagree on Kansas City, but the only reason why is because when I look at the three weeks after, I still think that at worst they're going to be three and two because... Bears, Jets, Vikings, none of which scare me for Kansas Jets, City. At, Jets at home? Jets at home. I mean, you could run into issues if they turn you over like Josh Allen did, but I right. don't know. Mahomes has done a much better job. He had that interception year where we were like, man, Mahomes is really just forcing things. Does he have Travis Kelsey back by then? I would think so because that would be week four. I, he might even play yeah. this week, so – um, that would be my, my only thing about Kansas City is that I think that at least the scheduling gods have given them enough where they can still be above 500 once they start yeah. entering three straight division games with Denver Chargers. Denver, I will agree on the other two though because Chargers was the one that I originally had. That's a that's a trap game because everyone's going to look at what Tannehill just did against the Saints. They're going to say, "Oh, Titans at home, they're bad." Here come the Chargers. They're going to figure out a way to win this game. But we also know that the Chargers are going to charge her. Yeah. And I kind, of, I kind of like Titans plus three this week from a betting I,
1: perspective. I do, I do too. So I'm, I'm with I'm, you. I'm, with, I'm worried I'm, about the Chargers. What I'm
0: honestly hoping for is I just need that line to get to three and a half. You get me that yeah, line to three and a half and I'm taking the Titans because I always fear that you push just on the last second field. goal. You get it to three and a half and I feel, actually feel really it's good about really it. feel really good about it. Um, I would agree on Denver, Denver, just, I was so mad at them for losing that game against the Raiders because it was, it was there for the taking. There was nothing about that Raiders team that said we should win this football game. Yet Russ still found a way to lose that game. Like if you would have told me going into the game that Josh Jacobs was only going to have 71 scrimmage yards, I would have been like, oh, okay. So Denver wins then. And Mm -hmm. they still Jacoby Myers, two touchdowns. Like what more do you say than that? That's absolute disaster mode if you're Denver. So I would say that they would have to win this week for me. I think the giant season's over if they lose this game.
1: Well, they should never lose this game
0: again, though. We're talking a road five and a half after just scoring zero points. Do I think that Dayball is going to have them much more prepared for this game? I would hope so. I would hope that the Giants win this game by 20 plus because yeah, you're, playing, they you're playing Josh Dobbs who just threw for 130 passing yards, won the turnover battle and still lost to the Commanders. So I have the Giants there because the week after you get San Fran, if we're talking about 0-2, that's 0-3 once you score sure. San Fran. So I had that as a must win. The other one for me was actually, I think, Carolina. Because Carolina, they just dropped one to Atlanta. Now you're at home playing the Saints. You drop two division games right out of the gate in what's already going to be probably a very close division from top to bottom. I think that you get put in a really tough spot moving forward because the South doesn't have the hardest schedule in the world. But at the end of the day, they still have Dallas on the schedule. They've still got Miami. Like, There's still some quality opponents in there, the Jags down the road as well. I get worried about Carolina because if they are going to have that outside shot at a playoff spot, then I think they have to win this week. Because if you're 500, then chances are there's your whole division is 500 heading into the next week, right. depending on what happens with that Tampa game. So that's where I'm at with this one. I'm excited for week two. I think it's going to be a great slate of games. And as always, Ernest, super thankful for you to come on the show. I know that you're on single dad duty tonight and still a way to get on here and record even for just a little bit of uh, what we've got going on. So promote ITL. What have you got going on over there?
1: Absolutely, man. The Interlab podcast on Tuesday nights at 8.30 p.m. We appreciate any of y'all coming out to support. We got the famous... Uh, way too early primetime pick and the fire round pick kenny's on there with us it uh, means well, the reason we say way too early because it's on tuesdays of the week of games we do it five days in advance to kind of get those early bets and those early spreads and um but uh you know pleasure being on here kenny and if you guys want to come, have some fun we have some giveaways this 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 upcoming week so come check it out
0: can't wait it's gonna be a really exciting week next week on ito Got to figure out a way to get back up to the top of those standings in the ITL pick them because I'm already a couple games back. And while I still am the GOAT as far as picks go on ITL, I I just don't like seeing my name being even a a couple spots down in the standings. So appreciate everyone that gave the episode a listen today. Make sure that you check out Friday's episode as well. We're going to be previewing EPL, college football, and all of our NFL bets all in one big extravaganza. So Appreciate you all, and we'll see you guys next time for the Competitive Hedge podcast.